Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Critical Twitch Gaming Podcast. Today we're going to catch up with regular friend of podcast, Joe Lewin, and see how he got on at the UK Games Expo's Dice Masters Tournament. Yes, uh, welcome back. I'm Brian Ellis. I'm Aaron Vinsky. And I'm Colin Howard. We are the Critical Twits, and today we are joined by Joe Lewin. Hello. Um, who came with us to the UK Games Expo, oh, what, two and a half weeks ago now, by yeah. the time it comes out? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Time. Yes. Yes. Wibbly wobbly. Timey wimey. It was a bit wibbly wobbly over that weekend, I'll be honest. It was very wibbly wobbly. This is a Doctor Who thing. It is. Yes. Well done. Yes. I disapprove. Yeah, I heartily disapprove. Yeah, what do you think of Arsenal's chances in the league next year, Joe? Uh, much better than me watching Doctor Who. Yes. And all our ratings are gone. Because <laughs> <laughs> you talked about Doctor Who. There were a shitload of football games at the Expo. There was, actually. Yeah. I genuinely was, I, wanted to chaffin your shoulder every time we walked past one. and went, look, football, football. <laughs> I think I did that twice. <laughs> yeah, and I, I went, football. I'm not dealing with this today. <laughs> So, Dice Masters then. Uh, we, we're going to assume that everybody knows what Dice Masters is. Yeah. If not, there's earlier episodes you can go listen to. Indeed there is. Yes, we'll pop a link on YouTube now. Bling! That's the link noise. Should have made a Mario... Not a Mario. Uh, what, a Sonic? <laughs> no. Um, an actual <laughs> Zelda noise. That's what I'd heard oh, before. Because okay. of Link. But... <laughs> or something, yeah. Anyway... Um, <laughs> Yes, um, if you're not sure about Dice Masters, um, go back, have a have a listen. Uh, in essence, it is a CCG, so a collectible card game, yeah. but with dice. So the abilities on the card correspond to dice, and you build a bag of dice uh, from a team to, I was going to say beat your opponent, but it sounds like you're hitting them with a bag full of dice <laughs> um, to roll. And yeah, you, it's kind of a cross between... A dice game and Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah if, well, if you push your luck dice games. Yeah. Mixed with elements of deck building games. Yeah. Mixed yeah. with, yeah, Magic the Gathering. So. Yeah. Um, so we've uh, we previewed this quite heavily before the UK Games Expo. Yeah. Uh, we arrived on the Friday. Yes. No, we arrived on the Thursday. We did. Some of us arrived on Friday, very late. You're welcome. And... Joe immediately rushed off to spend the morning... With playing. some strangers. With some strangers, yeah, which I took it to be a quite a personal affront, <laughs> a kick in the teeth, um, spitting in the face of freedom, hope and glory. <laughs> so, yeah, after coming after coming with us on the Thursday and then Joe disappearing on the Friday... Yeah. ...with strangers who played Dice Masters. Yes. Yeah, and you met quite a few people. We met some people later as well, said hello we to them. And you seem to have a really good time... I did. It was a thoroughly enjoyable weekend. Even Apart from the lost. bits I had to spend with you guys, but oh, it was Saturday rubbish. Yeah, yeah, it was crap. I should have been playing. I should have been playing the constructed no sealed tournament and meeting one of the creators of the game. Yes, who turned up um, only on that day though the bastard <laughs> didn't turn up for the bigger tournament on the Friday or for the people that had qualified for nationals. No, no. Well, he didn't want to get, you know, give you an ego. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He was there for the adventurous people that were there. Because yeah. um, they had two rounds to get into the finals on Sunday, didn't they? Yes, you could either turn up with your own team and play on the Friday, which is where we had um, roughly 36 players. 
um, all brought their own team and sat and played six rounds, best of three, uh, with the top nine qualifying for the 16 places in on Sunday for the Nationals. odd number to qualify. Yeah. Um, I assume that the, the, the tournament the next day was smaller? Um, it ended up being top nine because one of them had already qualified because he won last year. Oh, right, okay. So where Ben has won this year, Ben does not have to qualify next year. He automatically gets to play in nationals if he wants to. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so 15 people qualify. So they did eight from Saturday and seven from the sealed event on the Sunday. So uh, what happens with that is you open up your packs and you create a team based on the cards you've got on, um, on offer and you use that to play against people. So you can't bring your own stuff. It's purely random. Um, hmm. Apparently it was a really good event from the people I spoke to. Yeah. Uh, test your ability to open packs of dice yeah. and um, create a team. So I sometimes find the packs of dice quite tricky to open. They are a pain. I still have packs of dice I haven't opened. Just kind of, kind of defeated me. Every you minute. sleep on a bed of <laughs> unopened gaming accessories. Yes. And this is why you lot didn't play. Yes. You were off doing but plastic. Because everything's covered in plastic, you can urinate freely while you sleep and it just drains away. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> It's going to be the best and or worst podcast ever. Colin is just like a Uranus Games dragon. Yeah, so how did how was your experience? Because you we'd done some training, we which had. we talked about a few podcasts ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt I felt like that guy in Rocky who's nearby while Rocky punches meat. <laughs> Fairly uh, great reference analogy. Yes, yeah, uh, um, yeah, we. We um, we played a bunch of games. I played a few games at the local store um, and was pretty happy with my team. Um, felt it did quite well. The only matches... Oh. Uh, well, obviously, I played six games. I lost two rounds out of the six, winning the other four. Yep. Um, I lost to Ben, the champion, who we have an interview with later. Excellent. Um, a very close game. Uh, he was running a very similar team to mine. Uh, one of the cards I wanted to include but couldn't due to not having enough dice. Um, he had on his team but didn't make the biggest bit of difference. And uh, he had swapped out Polymorph for Imprisoned, which uh, allows you to capture a bunch of enemy dice and yeah. you damage the player. Uh, that We'll talk about that more in the, the interview later. But... Um, Overall, very, very good team, and, and he did deserve to win. Mm. Uh, the other game that I lost was against one of Ben's teammates, I guess. Someone he plays with and works on teams a lot with at his local store. Okay. Who was, again, running the same team. Um, <laughs> so I did... I And, yeah, they were the games that I found difficult. They were both, they were both close. They were both good fun. Every single person I played against was absolutely lovely. Yeah. Um, there wasn't... Across the entire weekend, there were no disputes. There were uh, there was the odd, oh, can we check how this works as a ruling? But there was no one sort of kicking off or being mm. RC or anything. This like is that. one of the things that puts me off um, competitive tournament style gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Having played games with strangers in the past, mostly sort of games workshop games, pick up games with people in the store or at clubs. Yeah. I have found that experience to occasionally be very, very negative with yes. people pushing, bending, breaking rules, doing mm. anything to win. 
Um, yeah. That, um, so there was so that that's good to know. How does that compare to Hero Clicks, which you played a couple of years ago? Um, Last couple. It was a couple ago. of years ago. Yeah. Um, I would say, as far as communities go, and especially tournament competitive scenes, Dice Master is by far and away the friendliest. Um, and I think I think genuinely you could have asked anybody that played at nationals, and they would all have said, "Nope, brilliant. Everyone was lovely." Yeah. Um, I Apart think from the, that one kid you all beat at half time. Yeah, yeah, but he's dead now, so it's yeah, fine. It's, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think everything's it. The happiness goes up in the community when you yeah, kill off so, the outliers, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, I think the worst thing that happened, like the the horrible dispute of the tournament, was someone going. No, you've missed your chance to do that. You can't do it. I don't want to be a dick, but you've missed your chance. Tough. I think that's the worst we saw. Yeah, <laughs> you know, which, which is, is fair. Yeah. I mean, for example, um, you know, I was using Constantine on my team. Yeah. So before the opponent's turn, you declare a character. Yeah. Um, I probably remembered to do that four times <laughs> in across the entire day, uh, and not not just to be clear, not for four games, for individual turns. <laughs> across what was 13 games um, and most of the time actually nearly every time uh, my opponent would either go I've only drawn sidekicks so it doesn't matter or uh, like playing against Ben actually great example the number of times where he'd pulled the dice out and went oh you didn't declare a thing I assume you would declare this one and I've drawn one so we'll call that yeah okay fine yeah oh, okay. Um, that's and nice yeah. it is yeah. it is um, and without giving away too much he was talking about the how that kind of behaviour was happening in the finals game. Yeah. yeah. So deciding who wins and who comes second, both of them were behaving like that. Okay. It really does seem to attract nice people. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the game. I think partly, um, as I've mentioned before, not having anything hidden. Yeah. This is my team. You can see everything. It's a very open game. Yes. Yeah. If you feel that you can get one up on someone by having that card they don't know about... Then you're I think kind it, of... it almost puts you in that mindset of well, if I keep things from them, mm. as opposed okay. to going no, yeah. have a look. This is what I've got. You can see exactly yeah. what I'm so doing. A closed bank of resources in a game maybe leads to sort of closing off socially, potentially because you're yeah. keeping secrets, yeah. so you're yeah. not engaging in the talk or being because you might let them get away with something and then they spin something off of that that yeah. they've got hidden. Exactly. Whereas you can be generous because you know exactly what everyone's yeah. got. Yeah, yeah. And, and at the beginning of the game you have to sit there and you have to look at their team to find out what globals they have available, what their action dice are doing mm. and everything else. So you start the game off by going, oh, what does that card do? I've not seen that one. Oh, oh, cool. Oh, I've, I've always wanted one of these. What is it? Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Oh, I, can see, oh, I can see how that works. Brilliant. Yeah. And you have these sort of chats with people and, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty much my experience for the Friday. Yeah, It was... Six really, really nice rounds. Yeah. Um, only against five different people, unfortunately. We had a bit of a blip towards the end where loads of people got paired up against someone they'd already fought, oh. which was a shame. Um, I was lucky to get paired against a guy called Jason, mm. who I played in the first round and then in the last round, um, and had seen like a game before. I was, like, ended up sitting next to him. I was like, oh, you're, you're actually doing quite well. You've won a bunch of games. Awesome. Yeah. Because he rolled terribly against me. Yeah. There are he should have at least taken a game off me. I was going to say I was wondering if there was a little bit of because it's not wholly reliant, but there is a big luck element to the dice rolling side of things. So you working with what happens to your luck. 
So you feel a little bit less like, ah, you did terribly, more like, well, that was really good. You had terrible stuff there, but you did really good with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we had a, a couple of things. I mean, a big talk before it, because we weren't entirely sure what was going on until it started. Um, cool. Nothing bad to say about the guys who ran it. Yeah. Um, they did a fantastic job. Yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic that we we, we didn't really have many problems. It had the issue where it got mixed up and we had to play the same people twice. Now, yeah. interestingly, like I said, I ended up playing Jason twice and he had horrible rolls against me. Now, like you say, there's this luck-based thing that can come into these games. There are cards out there that mitigate it. Yeah. So, essentially, that's true of any game where you've got a deck or yeah, dice or yeah. anything else. So you always try and do, like with Magic, you put in things that allow you to draw more cards so you can get to the ones you want. In Dice Masters, you use things that allow you to change energy around. And yeah, or draw more yeah, yeah, so you, you do something to, to mitigate the random chance. Um, unfortunately for Jason, in the four games we played... Just I seem to sap all luck out of his dice, um, and I do feel a bit bad. As you should, you do seem to have this kind of effect. Yeah, it's like you've got a really crap super mutant power. Yeah, it's a suck luck out of the person next to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great super yeah, I was mutant say, it's power. It's actually quite cool. Yeah. I'm quite jealous of it now. Um, well, it's great if someone's trying to shoot at you or something, and you're sucking all the luck out of them. Gun explodes in their face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbeknownst to me, I've survived many assassination attempts. <laughs> yes, not so good if you end up marrying said a person and then you suck all their luck away. They walk under a ladder and get squished by it. I thought you were having a dig there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was your fault. So, uh, yes, it, it was. Now. <laughs> it does. <coughs> it was a really, really good, really, really good time on the on the Friday. Um, so at the end of the Friday, I thought, right, I've, I've qualified in seventh place, um, got some promo cards, which are cool, and I started kind of instantly thinking about what do I need to change for Saturday, for Sunday. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where my whole Dice Masters adventure took <laughs> a slightly strange turn. Um, yeah. I'll just cross that question off. <laughs> well, you know the way you went wrong. You asked me and Aaron for advice. Uh, yeah, at two AM. Yeah. Yeah. Well I'd quite I'd quite like just just from an outsider's point okay. of view. Yeah. Um we had spent Friday morning at the press preview. Yeah. Yep. Um we were watching Joe um appear sort of randomly on our um, Twitter feed because we gave him access to that to share with you guys what um you do so you can even sort of go back and follow along with yeah. uh, with um, how he was doing. Um, my favourite part of that was finding that you had posted a video or been <laughs> tagged in a video while we were watching um, the... There was a sort of pause uh, while they were collecting questions for the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast yeah. that was recorded. Joe was still playing Dice Masters at this point. Yeah. So it was five, half five yeah, on, uh, on the Friday. Um, and going, oh my god, what has he done? <laughs> to see you, because I had my phone on silent because we were in a thing. Just to see you singing with a, a beaming smile on your uh, on your face. And um, we'll pop a link across if you want to see Joe singing. Um, now, I'd, I'd like to clarify. At this point, I was very tired. I'd had an hour and a half's worth of broken sleep on the Thursday night because it was a new place and there was a new person in the room. It's your fault, Aaron. Um, but Aaron needs the huggy spoon hugs. Yes. Um, I can't go to sleep without my cocoa. 
No one spoon hugged me. Brian did badly when you were asleep. Uh, but what? <laughs> <laughs> On fr- Friday night, I actually woke up in the middle of the night and shouted what at Colin. Yeah. He <laughs> Until he woke up, shouted what back, and that satisfied my honour. <laughs> and I went back to sleep. I had no idea what that, that was about. Um, but I, I sleep badly anyway. Um, but yeah, I, so. I, I was tired. Um Someone that recognised me from the internet went, <laughs> hey, look, let's do a song. Yeah. Um, did, and I was like, oh, yeah, all right. I don't really know what's going on, but sure. So, yeah, we we, uh, we managed to find uh, Eye of the Tiger. I knew the lyrics to that because yes. it's on Supernatural. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, mm, yeah, dredging um, the cultural waste bin here, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that happened. Um, that was as we were queuing to sign up for Dice Masters. That was before any of the action had taken oh, okay. place. It didn't appear till a bit later. Yeah, that was the first thing in the morning. So that's how, that's how you started your day. That's great. Yeah. We that, should have, that, we this should is why I was that. tired and confused. I hadn't quite woken up by this point. Um, we, should yeah. have, we should have sung a hearty round of our Fallout parody song. <laughs> um, for those interested, the other person that I was roped into singing with is uh, Chris... Um, Brit Royal Six, who we will have a. I think this is a good time to go into the interview with him. Yeah, why not? Took, okay, yeah. guys, so yeah. this is the interview we did with. Well, I did with Chris. So, uh, today we have been talking to a number of people from the UK Nationals. The first person I have interviewed has been Chris, or True Mr. Six, as he's known as online. Uh, he runs his own blog which we'll, uh, we'll get a link for you guys later. We'll have that in the description as well. So, um, say hello, Chris. Hello, Joe. Hello, listeners. And we're, we're going to go through a couple of things about the event and everything else. Um, if you've got any, any particular favourites or thoughts on the meta or any of this kind of stuff. So, I mean, first of all, we'll, we'll talk about your blog. Uh, that's, like I said, we'll, we'll chuck a link in there. But what, what's the name of it? So uh, it's a WordPress blog, uh, Joe. It's uh, britroller6.wordpress.com. Um, and um, I mostly, well, pretty much entirely write about um, Dice Masters uh, on there. So uh, if anyone was interested to take a look, what they generally find would be uh, recaps of uh, events, uh, you know, casual organized play events that I uh, trek on down to bit of team building when i'm playing around with uh, interesting team building ideas and just general thoughts when the spoilers knocking around for new sets on the way awesome so pretty, pretty much everything's covered really uh yeah absolutely but what I, uh, at this very moment in time one of the things i'm particularly trying to grow and write a bit more about is uh dice masters as a uk community um there's a, a lot of uh, an enormous presence um uh, of online conversation from the us and from canada um, around Dice Masters as a game uh, I think we've got a really tight knit really solid community over here so uh, and th- and that's uh, an area that I'm looking to kind of grow the blog into a bit more and this is why I'm speaking to people like yourself today and starting to build relationships across uh, uh, all the guys I meet on Facebook or at events like the Nationals we were at last weekend Yeah, I mean, I mean speaking of Nationals it, it was, I mean from personal opinion it was fantastic um, we had, what was it th- was it 36 people on the Friday? 
Uh, yeah, 36, I believe. Uh, we'd have to double-check that, but uh, 36 at the qualifier on the Friday. Um, uh, as you know, uh, Joe wasn't able to attend on Saturday and Sunday. but uh, you, you were sorely uh, missed. Yeah, well, I hope so. That's very kind of you to say. But um, the qualifier was, I think, um, possibly the best day to be there. I'm sure others would argue uh, differently, but uh, because it had the largest attendance and it was just that kind of first day where... Um, all of us have been conversing on the uh, UK Dice Masters Facebook group or on the Reserve Pool website or kind of got to meet face-to-face, start getting to know each other a little bit better outside of that weird kind of uh, anonymous online relationship. And um, and I think that's probably the day we saw the largest variety of teams on the tables as well. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd completely agree. Um, I mean, I we everyone played, was it eight games, I think, in total? Eight games in total or six? So uh, it was six rounds. Um, and most people, I imagine, would have played at minimum uh, two games around. Um... Yeah, so I mean, but I mean, across the six rounds, I played five different people because we had a couple of technical difficulties. Um, did you? Were you playing six different people, or was it a similar sort of thing for you? Uh, yeah, six different people. Although, Joe, um, did you end up playing the same person because it was the um, strength of schedule? Maybe the way that the uh, the win loss and tie ratio ended up repairing you. I don't think so. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to clarify all of this with my interview later on. Um, uh, yeah, ask the man himself. Yeah, exactly. But um, from from what the impression I got was that it was just a bit of a blip in the system. Um, first day using it and all that. So I ended up playing the person. My first round and my last round were against the same guy. Um, but I had I had five different opponents across the day, all of which were lovely. There didn't seem to be a single like dispute across the entire weekend, really. Uh, no, absolutely. So um, my experience was much the same. I had six different players across my uh, six rounds. Everybody was very warm, very friendly, very welcoming. Um, I think right from the get-go, actually, even though there was a little bit of the, the kind of pockets of cliques, people very quickly started to uh, chat amongst themselves and kind of break away from those uh, those kind of groups that they know and are familiar with. Uh, for example, myself, I play at Element Games in Stockport, and uh, there was uh, maybe five or six of us playing from Element Games on the Friday. Um, we started off together, but started to kind of break away and infiltrate some of the other groups and get to know people. And everyone was just very open and willing to just chat about shit, whatever was on their mind, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, this is something I noticed. I mean, I went with, um, obviously, I went with the, the, the Critical Twits, who were off doing press stuff on the Friday. Um, I've got a couple of friends who are playing in the Heroclix um, qualifiers on the day as well. Um, but yeah, going go into a thing, going, oh, there's 36 people here, I don't know any of them, and don't know whether it's because we've got this facebook group where everyone's kind of chatting and you can go oh it's you sort of thing um but it, it was just it was a lovely environment to play in very relaxed very i wouldn't say casual because obviously there was that competitive side of it but um i definitely found it was a an enjoyable experience uh yeah absolutely it's often said uh and i think uh We've certainly experienced the same, Joe, at the UK Nationals last weekend, that the Dice Masters community is possibly one of the most uh, dickless communities uh, <laughs> around. Um, it, it's it's certainly, in, in my uh, years of gaming and, and the, the various games historically that i played competitively i suppose this uh, i would i would caveat that by saying this is the first i've ever played at an event with that number of people all at one single event it's usually at store levels i played at 
However, um, the, the competitive nature brings out the worst I've often seen in people. Um, that was absolutely not the case at the Nationals for the Dice Masters community. Uh, as you say, the ice was already broken through the internet relationships that we already had. Uh, people were just uh, a lot more open to... It was, the, it was the sportsmanship of it all, I suppose. Um, there were times where my own opponent, to their own detriment, had pointed out when I had missed something. Um, and and said, well, look, you know, I'm pointing it out now before you go irreparably too far ahead because I think you should know that you've got that dice on the table and you've forgotten this round to do that thing. Constantine is a great example of that. Um, and how many competitive environments do you get that sort of behaviour in? Um, not very many in my experience. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's a great testament to um, Dice Masters in the United Kingdom and just Dice Masters as a game as a whole. I mean, to be honest, I would completely agree with everything you said there. I've played... No, I have played at um, level, like this kind of level of gaming before. Two years ago, I played uh, Heroclix at the Nationals at the UK Game Expo. Um, and I had, a, I had a good time, but there was, there was, it was not as friendly and as sort of welcoming as I found Dice Masters. Um, and I had the exact same experience. There's a number of times people have been like, I'm assuming Constantine's calling this as they're rolling their dice. You think, oh, I've forgotten. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I'm awful with that dice. It's so good, but I can't remember to go this one every turn. Um, so, yeah, like, I think all weekend I didn't have a single person go, no, you, you didn't say it, and I've rolled my dice now, tough luck. Which is their right to do. Absolutely, yeah. So, the attitude and friendliness that everyone portrays there is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, so... Besides the, the event itself, what team did you take? Um, so I had what was um, what's largely described as a Johnny Swarm team. Um, the centerpiece of my team was uh, the Human Torch Johnny Storm card, uh, which is a direct damage kind of uh, burn um, game text where he uh, deals a point of damage to your opponent every time you field a character. Uh, he's then doubled up with I had two swarm characters, the Kobold uh, and the Goblin die from the uh, from the Dungeons and Dragons sets, uh, using the swarm mechanic just to drive masses of these little weenies through my bag and field them and KO them and refield them and KO them um, to to uh, to burn my burn my opponent to death death by a thousand cuts um, see now the the swarm teams are actually a favorite of mine um since the mechanic came out and um, there's been different variants of it it's always been something that i really really want to see come into fruition and just be really good uh, i'm not convinced it's there yet but i, th I think it's got potential um was there it, any... well, it, so it performed very well for me on the day um uh... <laughs> Um, so just as a side note, uh, unlike your fellow twits, I was a staunch uh, capes and underpants guy. I was all about the superhero stuff. Uh, and that's what attracted me to Dice Masters in the very first place. Uh, been a long-standing uh, DC Comics fan. Um, I don't believe that they are inherently fascist at all. And you can pass that one along <laughs> to you to your fellow twits um uh, but uh, i picked up dnd because things like the swarm mechanic just seemed too curious to build a team around i couldn't not um give it a go uh, and it performed very well leading up to the event practicing with the team and performed well on the day um i think you're right there may be some distance to go we, we're living in a barred world after all um but uh i was pleased that i managed to um uh, rank in the top third with a non-barred team. So that actually brings me on quite nicely. Um, what are your thoughts on Bard? Uh, yeah, what are my thoughts on Bard? Well, you know, 
Um, he's a loot player for a start. I've always been very suspicious of loot players. Um, I think if if you're not plugging it into an amp, it's not really it's not really music. Um, he. Yeah, do you know what, Joe? It's written about massively online. Everyone will tell you. Uh, I was talking to Paul, Paul Fullwood, the guy who came second. Uh, I hope he won't mind me uh, quoting him. We, we've just been instant messaging back and forth. Uh, and Paul said, well, do you know, when it came to making my team, it really was just Bard and what seven other cards might go well with Bard. Uh, and that's how he built a team and came second at the UK Nationals. Um I'm looking at all the coverage of the Canadian Nationals, the WKOs coming out of the States, our own event here last weekend at the UK Nationals, and Bard features on um, pretty much all the top 10 teams. Um, so I think he's an unhealthy thing for the game um, because he's taking away some of the creativity and the innovation when it comes to team building. Um, that said, if you want to play competitively, you're going to take the most competitive card. It's it's undoubtedly the way that you're going to proceed. So um, mixed feelings, I suppose, to actually get to the answer of your question. No, fair enough. I, again, I'd, I'd agree with most of what you said. I think he's... The, I think the ability is fine if the card was costed a bit higher or if the ability was slightly tweaked. Again, I don't think it'd be too much of a problem. But like you said, I've been following stuff like, again, the... the uh, the Wizkid Opens, um, the different nationals, and he is—he's he's on 75% of teams. And for a single card to do that, when you've got God knows how many cards out in Dice Masters now, we're in what 11 sets are we on? Uh, oh gosh, yeah, potentially. So there's there's hundreds of cards out there, and and yet that one card's on nearly every team. It's it's probably more prolific than Professor X. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so the Lantern Ring teams, um, in fact, did you, you played Lantern Ring team, didn't you, uh, Joe, on the day? Uh, no, I <laughs> keep bringing up my horrible choices now. No, I played a Polly Hulk Bard control team on for, Nash, for the qualifiers um, and then decided I didn't want to play mirror matches all weekend and at two o'clock on Sunday morning decided to make a Lantern team and run that instead. There you go. Yes. There you uh, go. With mixed results. <laughs> okay. Well, but that was that was the uh, you know the power play team um, of last year. Uh, was it um, you know Bard this year? There's plenty of sets coming between now and the next set of nationals and worlds. Um, so there'll just be something new that comes along. Eric Lang um, and the guys over at WizKids have committed to um, putting a bit of something in play to. Um, uh, to mitigate the impact that Bard has been having. We've already seen a ban list with the, the first two sets yep. in the basic actions. Although I, I would argue from my own point of view, um, and really is just my view of the world, that I don't think Bard's actually the problem, um, really. Um, it's the it's the way the build, um, all the ancillary cards that surrounds him that makes him so powerful. Um, and I think the banning the basic actions was the first step towards recognising that he may not necessarily be the problem himself. It's the way the combination comes together. Uh, prismatic spray is often seen, for example, on uh, on barred teams because of the impact of the game text clearing um, that it has for that, that one big swing turn. Uh, that was a bit of a rambling mess. I'm not sure I like that answer. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's it's a fairly good answer. I, I think I agree with you that Bard's possibly not the problem that everyone sees it as. Um, but I think it's in a unique position where it can boost pretty much any team out there. 
yeah absolutely uh so i think uh reading online uh i forget where one of the one of the dice masters related forums may even have been on reddit um there was a guy on there who was um who was arguing that actually uh, to get back to my point about the the lantern ring team that um he was now lo- looking back across his historical teams stripping out the cornerstone win condition card uh, and putting bard in and still finding the team equally as powerful so his lantern ring team actually performed better for him experimenting with bard in place of the ring itself um which is just insanity when you think about the you know the bolt driven theme um uh, or the mass-driven theme that, that, the, uh, that the Lantern Ring teams are built around. Um, my Swarm team could have benefited hugely from the Bard being present there, really, um, if I hadn't been pursuing the, the Johnny Storm uh, direct damage win condition rather than a battle damage win condition, because all those kobolds and goblins that I was uh, walling up would have been, a, um, well, just a, an insane horde of ugly little creatures to be facing down, you know. Um, I chose not to, but you know that's that's the way I roll, I suppose. I think the main thing for me is any game that is a collectible game of this nature, um, that is a team building game at its very core, um, is damaged by a card that takes away any creativity, any innovation to the way that people go about building teams. Um, variety is the spice of life. There um, is what makes dice Raptors so attractive, um, and I think a card that is taking that away from people's decision making processes isn't helpful at all awesome again completely agree that there, some something needs to be changed um but before we spend hours talking about how obnoxious a card it can be do you have a favorite card do i have a favorite card um so uh yeah there's a couple of standout cards for me um one of my all-time faves has always been uh, an early deadpool um the Chiano Saki um, rare from the AVX set. Um, he gets to uh, choose his blocker um, when he attacks, and um, if he KOs that blocker, he deals two points of of, um, of damage to all the other uh, all all your opponents, all the characters in the field. Which I just think is an insane ability. Um, I used to have a, a beautiful team, a lovely team that I used to play with him uh, using the Ant Man Global to swap his um, his attack and defense round to make him even more of a powerhouse. Um, and I've toyed around recently with uh, with a Mary Jane variant to give him overcrush. Uh, so I would probably say he was my my favourite card, one that all the way back since first buying the game at AVX, he's come back again in new iterations of teams, time and time for me. Awesome. Um, he's he's a card that I don't think I've ever owned, but have looked fondly at and thought mm. all the, the the stuff you could pull off with it. Um, okay, so do you have any? Any thoughts on where the meta is at the moment? Obviously, it's a very Bard-dominated um, kind of thing at the, currently. Um, but have you got any thoughts on where you'd like to see it going? If Or what particular archetype of team you think currently holds the top spot? Things I'd like to see more. I'd like to see less new affiliations and more work done with affiliations that they set up in earlier sets. Um, something I can often be seen complaining about on my blog is that uh, uh, the Justice League and the team titans uh, affiliations for that uh, that they brought out with the justice league set haven't seen much love in subsequent dc sets it's always been very themed and had internal 
uh, affiliations. So I'd, I'd love to see uh, archetypes grow so that there's subversions within those archetypes. Um, to give you an example, uh, specifically relating to the Justice League, I've always been quite fond of the retaliation teams uh, that came through the Justice League. Um, less so the villains, more so the you know the Aquaman, the Batman, the um, uh, Zatanna kind of builds that we saw around that time. Um, and I'd love to see new Justice League characters coming out down the line rather than new Bat family and Superman family and the Lantern selections that make give more flavour and more um, uh, choice to how you might build a retaliation team from that set or the Justice Society or um, some of the more obscure uh, Marvel sets that don't seem to have seen much love outside of the Avengers. Um, so so that, that that's smaller theme-based metas that you see at, at the local level can can have a bit more fun to play around with, you know, and a bit more synergy going on. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always looked at um, and thought, you know, t- I think Teen Titans is is a couple of cards off being a competitive team at the moment. Um, mm. there's, a, there's a lot of really nice abilities in there, but it's just missing that last thing to tie it all together, I think. Um, yeah. Absolutely, uh, but yet we've seen with the subsequent DC sets um, a focus on creating um, affiliations that are very, uh, uh, very tribal within the set itself, as opposed to kind of growing and expanding um, the choices uh, that earlier archetypes. You know, and, and we're at danger of things like retaliation teams um, dying out, um, uh, never to be seen again. You know, when was the last time you saw someone field a good adventurer team from the D and D sets or? Uh, you know, um, um, even even the dragon team that went very far in last year's um, uh, worlds was only actually three dragons, and the rest was made up of other support cards. That, you know, so I think I, I want more of that. I want the themes to be more internally competitive, um, that you don't have to rely so heavily on um, building a, a swarm team that has to have a dwarf wizard and a Constantine on it to to keep it alive. You know. I completely agree. I'd, lo- I'd love to see themes coming into it. And I know that um, Aaron and Brian, or Brian especially, will agree with you that it'd be it'd be so nice to be able to do that. And and like you said, with the adventurers, I'd have loved actually they could have used Bard to boost up other members of his adventuring party to <laughs> um, sort of actually try to bring to you. You'd almost use him to try and um, offset the. The almost negative that I feel experience is, because I think it's an ability you pay for, but it's an ability that's pretty crap most of the time. Yeah. Um, and having that sort of go, oh, well, it doesn't matter. You, you're paying for that, but we've given you this really strong ability that's really, really good. And uh, it will boost your adventurers up. And it makes them, maybe pulls them into a into a competitive thing. Um, like you said about the, the affiliations as well. There's been quite a few, like, you've had Thunderbolts come out, and there's, like, what, four of them? Um, yeah. Having more sets that build on things would be good. I'd love to see in a set that didn't have a single Avenger in it, because... Yeah, so... Happen, but... Yeah. Uh, Avengers and villains. I mean, villains... I'm actually quite fond of villain builds, um, but I suppose that's because the card pool that gives you that, um, that, tr- that, that tribal uh, synergy... Um, it is so expansive with villains across um, the DC and the Marvel sets. Yes, it, uh, it is. I mean, I, one of the things actually I think with villains is I can't I can't make my mind up whether or not I like the fact that villains are villains. Well, because you've got things like I mean, I'm more of a Marvel fan, but like the Sinister Six, you've got yes. uh, all, all kinds of stuff like that. The um, 
Hydra the Legion and... of Doom. Yes, um, and like, like Hydra and stuff like that. Now, yeah, Hail Hydra. Exactly. These these are all nice individual groups that just get lumped in as oh, oh he's a bad guy. Yeah. I'd like to see more done with that. I don't. I, I think it's a bit too late, if I'm honest, because. Um, Unless you go back and retroactively add affiliations to things, which I know WizKids aren't a fan of doing from playing Heroclix, um, it would. I think it'd be something to round it out nicely. But yeah, like you say, affiliation-based teams that are actually competitive would be a yeah. lovely, lovely step forward. And, and they have choice within them, you know. Um, um, where when you sit down and you go right, the mechanic I want to experiment with today is mechanic. Well, I'll stick with the with the idea that I've been talking about retaliation. Um, I've got a choice of retaliation cards here that are going to kick off the game effects, but who am I supporting Justice League characters? Where's my ramp coming from? Where's the... I want flavour and choice within that, you know. Um, um, I'd like to see some of the affiliations become a little bit Neapolitan and less vanilla. Agreed. Awesome. Um, Okay, so is there anything else you would like to add in? Anything that you think deserves to be talked about? Um, so I just, uh, we need to attract more players, I think across the UK, um, um, how we do that. Um, I think it needs perhaps some greater minds than ours <laughs> to come up with the answers. Um, but I think, um, we're slowly and steadily seeing these, these small movements towards large, uh, larger, uh, locally based groups. Um, as Devium who are, uh, supporting, uh, the, the the WizKids organised play in the UK uh, put a press re- release out last December saying that they were going to start supporting it more um, in the UK in line with the way the uh, the UK, uh, sorry, the US uh, cycle takes place with, with regional events. Um, and I think it'd be lovely if we could just kind of grow up the community and get some more players in the, in the coming weeks in preparation for that arriving in August. So, yeah, I think we just need to start growing that player base. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a, a, a 74 uh, man qualifier on the Friday, or even greater, or even give X Wing a bit of a run for its money. Yeah, it'd be, it would. You, you're right. It'd be lovely to have that that scene to to bring it up to. I think I think give it a year next year possibly. I think we could surpass Hero Clicks. Um, I'd love to get up to the Netrunner levels. Um, oh crikey! Yeah, I mean, so they were we were in the same room as them, and what were we, there was over hundred. I think someone I heard someone saying hundred in the hundred. I think it was over hundred and fifty people signed up for that one. Yeah, um, and it was, and to be honest, it's a lovely game. I can see why they play it, but yeah, g- getting up to that level because I think Dice Masters really has that potential. It's a fantastic system and everything. So yeah, it's. I think it's just it's become a, the, the the frequency of set releases have made it daunting for a new player to dive in. Yes. Um, so we we as the more established players think we just need to do everything we can to encourage these. Well, firstly to to really open people's eyes to the fact that you don't need the red stripe, you don't need the super rare on your team to be a successful team. You can have a great time and play quite competitively, especially at a local level, with um, with just a pool of commons and uncommons and a, and a splash of rares for flavour. Um, so I think we need to open people's eyes up to understand that um, and also help people kind of realise that um, you don't have to go and spend um, 50 quid to pick up Serena um, to 
to to be Billy Big Balls around your local scene. There's there's lots of really interesting, exciting combos that you can come up with. Um, and if we start doing that, we might just take away some of the intimidation that the number sets uh, brings um, that will attract more of those newer and newer players. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've been talking to a couple of um, new players recently um, that have come from Magic the Gathering, Hero Clicks, and stuff. And one of them, Ugh, said, oh, spitting. you know. <laughs> Magic, one of them said how um he's like oh you know i want to get into this properly um I've, I've got i could quite happily drop 500 quid and i'm like that you just don't need to in dice masters no it's such a cheap trading card game um yeah it's shocking um, I, I talked one guy through saying well if you just if you if you want a quick rush deck to play you can make a all common guy rush deck that actually competes pretty well with the high-end national stuff if it get, if it rolls well for 20 quid yeah buying everything yeah. singly um you know it's i think that's one of the big attractions that we that needs to be pushed with dice masters is that like you said it's it's not as intimidating as it seems and it's not as big as a money sink as a lot of these other games are yeah, there's a top dude I play with, a guy called Simon. Uh, he was there at the um, at the qualifying Friday. You may or may not have met him. Um, he, um, he 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 calls it his uh, his weekly crack. Um, he just can't leave our local store after we've had a Tuesday night casual uh, get together uh, without buying a fiver's worth of boosters, you know. Um, but a fiver's worth of boosters in Dice Masters world is is interesting walking away with quite a nice little bundle of stuff. Well, you know? You're walking away with five boosters, aren't you? Rather yeah. than Magic the Gathering, you're walking away with one and a quid fifty change. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, and this is it. And so, yeah, I, I like, like you said, I think it's definitely something that needs to be pushed. And the the big pros of the game made that little bit more transparent for people that maybe sort of look at it and go, oh, it's another one of those. Can I afford to? Can I? Do I want to play? And sh- yeah, showing the reasons that yes, yes, you do. It's really, really good. Yeah. Well, as a um, as a final thing, so you should probably wrap this up. Um, but I know a couple of people that were there last year, and they were kind of almost begging for players last year at Dice Masters. Have you got right. a team? Do you want to just come in and play? You know, come, just sure. Come on, we need we need people, and to go have it go from that to thirty six people in qualifiers and. Uh, quite a few people playing in the the Saturday event as well, which I'm slightly gutted I missed. But it it seems that it's it's taken a nice jump forward. So if we can continue that momentum, I think we should be in a good place. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, to put credit where credit's due, that's down to a lot of the hard work of um, of guys like uh, Tim Kim King over at Element Games and Dave Salisbury, uh, Fanboy Three, kind of growing it up here in in my neck of the woods. Um, you've got guys like uh, uh, Jordan in Coventry. She's been growing a, a little scene up there that seems to be just getting bigger and bigger uh, and gathering more attention. The guys down south really working hard and have been working hard over the last year. You know, Ben and his crew. Um, um, just really building some attention to it down there. The guys up in Settlers, uh, Settlers up in Hamilton, Scots in Lanarkshire, just building it, you know, just growing it and growing it and growing it. They've done a great job over this last year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing um, what they all come, how stronger they come back next year, you know, um, um, with with new players in tow, hopefully. Absolutely. Right, well, it's been a, a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, Joe, so I've just got one final one. Yep. Uh, just, just a big shout out to Steve and Justin 
uh, on the day, on the Friday I was there um, for uh, Steve for T.O. in and for Justin for kind of giving that technical support and just helping Steve out with some of the, uh, um, you know, the wizard laptopy box stuff that was going on um, for just making it run smooth, keeping it warm and friendly um, and just uh, making sure everyone was well informed as to what was going on. And um, uh, even with the technical difficulties they were experiencing, I really didn't feel like there was any pain to the journey for the day at all. Again, couldn't dis- couldn't disagree with any of that. Um, I'll uh, I'll get a bit of a, a rundown with um, with the one I chat to Steve later. Um, so again, thank you very much, Chris. Uh, true, Mister Six. Uh, we will be putting a link to the blog in the description for anyone that does want to go and have a quick read, or hopefully a long read, because there's there's a lot of good stuff on there. Um, articles from Ben. Uh, I'm writing one myself. Should hopefully be entertaining. And yeah, it's hopefully going to turn into a bit of a resource for any of your UK Dice Masters information. So, thank you again. Uh, you are more than welcome, Joe, anytime. Wicked. We met Chris briefly. Um, he seemed very excitable, yeah. uh, very enthusiastic. Uh, seems like a, a very nice guy. I've had a, a look at his blog. Mm. Joe is not the only person he was singing with. There are no. multiple videos. Yeah. Um, so, we might pop a link to that. Yeah, it's always yeah, nice well. to put names to faces to names. Yeah, it would make more sense. Well, I we can th- embarrass more people, and that's always good. That's very true. It might not sound like it, uh, but I can be socially awkward. Really? I <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, I tend to make terrible off-coloured jokes and puns in the hope that people will find me funny and therefore accept me. Um, no, which no, sometimes we accept works. that you're not funny. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to cancel that open mic slot then you don't have slots at open mic it's open um it's <laughs> the whole fucking point um what was i saying um yeah and i think for people that are really into their dice masters because i had a look at some of the other bits and went oh, okay um it was a bit beyond my level uh, but it is somewhere that as we continue to play i'm going to go back and check out yeah yeah yeah, I've um, I've got an article which should be going up shortly, if it's not already up by this time in the future when you guys actually hear this. Um, Hello and from the past. Did you use your apostrophes correctly? Yes. Good, then you're working at at least a grade B. Excellent. <laughs> Sorry, day job creeping in. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I would recommend people go check it out. It's quite a good resource. It's... Um, really nice to ha- have something like that coming out of the UK. Yeah, as me and Chris will have discussed in the interview. Um, yeah, trying to build a scene is a definite uh, a goal. Yeah, try and get us um, a bit more recognition from WizKids. Yeah, it would be nice because. Um... Are you Are the you... unloved bastard childs of Dice Masters? Yes. Yeah, bastard childs, child. Children, um, children, that's the plural of that word. Yes. Questions, yeah. So that was that's kind of summed up your first day. Yeah. Now again, our impression. Um, to my mind, uh, Saturday night we settled in uh, once we managed to find somewhere, because it was quite busy in the it Hilton. Was, yeah. uh, we settled in for some games. Um, we <coughs> staged the first annual Critical Twits Grand Prix we did. Uh, in Formula D. Yeah. Uh, won by the happy loser. Yes. Uh, Dave Loser, who is a contributor to Board Game Breakfast on the Dice Tower. Yeah. Um, we talked about him last thing. Hi, Dave. Just uh, <laughs> again. He, uh, he won, yeah. yeah. I took yeah. a photo and everything. I wish he, I had a trophy. He won easily. 
Ricky Trey, but he was close. I was a close second, I think. He he was very nice in that he said he was going off to play something heavier, so something more strategic. Yeah. Uh, but having trounced us, I just took that to mean I'm going to go and find some more worthy opponents <laughs> for my board gaming brilliance. Um, and good on him. Yeah, um, yeah, fair play. So yeah, so um, we may restage <laughs> this. Um, I think this should happen every expo. Yes, but yeah. next time, hopefully, with some of you guys. But yes, so we were doing that, and then Joe went mad. As opposed to and the rest of us. And became very fixated on... And there was kind of a bit of overlap, because you're doing a little bit beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but you were reconfiguring your Dice Masters oh, yes. team oh, yes. until 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, what happened? I was sat there thinking, okay, we've got this going on, this going on. I was chatting online to uh, one of my friends on Facebook, who's um, uh, we, we bounce ideas off each other quite often. So we were going through, okay, okay, well, they've used this, they've used this. This is a problem. What do we do to counter this? We can use this now, because I managed to get some more Dwarf Wizard dice. And there are a few different ideas we had. Um, oh, yeah, you were buying dice on the, yeah, uh, on dice. the Saturday. Yes. Yeah. To I replace do. the dice that turned up 20 minutes after we left. Really on the Thursday, yeah. Nice. I remember as we as we left on the uh, the Thursday, you you shouted at a postman. <laughs> yes, out, out the window of your car. No one else was about then. Yes. So Joe experienced something of an epiphany. Were you sitting on a toilet or a mid tournament crisis? I'm not really sure yes. which um, which which you say. No, well, I, um, I liked what you said about this to me, but we'll see if you come up with it yourself. Yeah. So I was sitting there thinking to myself. The difficult games I had on the Friday were the mirror matches. Which were what you were concerned of before you came. It was, yeah. Um, and I, we, I'd spoken to you guys and other people at great length about how that's the thing that bothered me. Because I genuinely think that if set up correctly, which is the very important thing, control is the, the best archetype in this meta. Mm. With the cards available currently. Now, looking at other teams, looking at my team, um, I expected there to be quite a lot of lantern rings. As teams, so I expect there to be quite a few gobby teams. I expected Bard Blitz, Guy Rush, and everything else. Now, What's a gobby team, Joe? <laughs> a gobby team? Someone, someone like me playing the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some shit that wouldn't shut up. Um, <laughs> so I don't know no. why, but I imagined lots of teenage school dropouts so just screaming at you. I, I thought so, it was like a Aquaman thing. There's like lots of fish related stuff. Is, isn't that no. gopping? Um, is that yeah. gopping? I don't know, you fucking weirdo. Is that what fish is? Not Gotham. Dobby teams, they've not got their... No, no, no house elves. They, oh, they, they get the Harry Potter licence. Um, if I could have a team of Hermione's. Well, that was a conversational dead end. Excellent. So a Gobby team yeah. is... You um, You know how you have, uh, like, Captain America, superhero? Yes. Or super soldier, sorry. Yeah. You have Green Goblin, Gobby. Okay. It's the, sub, it's the subtitle for his one of his okay. cards. It is the super rare one, and it says, when fielded... Deal damage to the opposing player equal to the number of sidekicks you have fielded. So if you've got five sidekicks in the field and you field Gobby, you go bang, I do five damage to you straight away. Okay. And basically the team rolls around getting as many sidekicks into the field as possible, or cards with the ally subtext like Alfred that that counts Counts as a a sidekick. That's it. Um, And chucking Gobby down, using Parallax to re roll dice, roll him, get an energy field thing, takes him out of the field zone. Roll him again, get a character face, and put him back in in the same turn. Can be really, really harsh. Um, So I was expecting to see some of those. Now, we didn't, in short. There was a Lantern team, 
<coughs> don't think there were any gobby teams. Maybe a team with him on, but not as a primary um, focus. And weirdly enough, I didn't see many counters to it on the control teams. So my brain had a had a moment and went, why don't I just run something that's going to play into the fact that they've not brought defences? I've always liked the idea of Lantern Ring. Yeah. Um, for those who aren't aware, um, it's it's an action that's continuous. You put it into the field, it stays there until it's removed. When you attack with a character, you deal damage to your opponent equal to the number of energy symbols matching that character's type. So if I have four bolt energy available and I attack with two bolt characters, I deal eight damage to my opponent. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really good. Uh, you combine that with Iceman's Global, allowing you to spin any of your psychics in the field or in the prep area to their bolt face for oh. a single bolt. And he's a bolt character as uh, he well. He is a bolt character mm-hmm. as well. So you pay his global, you spin. If you've got four bolt characters in the field, which isn't that hard, because no. I've got lots of two and three cost ones. Yeah. Um, if you've got four in the field, if you've got six sidekick dice, either in your reserve pool or in the field... You pay a bolt, turn five of them into bolts, and attack for 20 damage before they've even got to block. That's harsh. It's really, really good. So this is why I had Captain America Super Soldier on my team. Yeah. Because it reduces all ability damage to one. Yeah. So it goes on. Well, all right, instead of taking 20 damage, I'll take four. Yeah. One Mm. from each character. Now, I didn't see that card on a single other team. And in this, I saw an opening for a team that could potentially push through and kill the control teams that I didn't really want to fight. Yeah. I didn't want to be playing that mirror match. I didn't want to have an entire Sunday of, oh my God, I have to really think through every single thing that's going on, every single interaction, because they can do the same thing. So who's going to do it first? If they're going to do this first, maybe I should do that first. Um, and it just sounded stressful. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I built a lantern team that I've never used before, having never used a lantern team before. Having had what an hour and a half sleep the night before. Uh, no, yeah. I've gone quite a bit of sleep on the first on the, oh, first, you the, did. Yeah, the Friday night. Sorry, mm. worse. Did the lanterns light up the tournament? Um, I lost two. Um, I had a two-one round against a control team because I forgot to buy spray. Prismatic spray, wiping all their text. Yeah. Um, that was purely a piloting error. I forgot to buy it early, and then by the time I needed it, I didn't have time to get it get it through my bag and into play. Mm. Um, or I think I could have won that. That was against the person who won last year. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, that was, yeah, Patrick. Um, and I lost against a Bard Blitz team because it's really fucking quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, playing playing a team without Bard, I, basically things had to go my way, I had to get certain characters out at the right time to stop it, and I didn't. Yeah. Um, which, which was fine. Um, it performed the way I wanted it to. It's the team I'm currently playing, because um, I've since tweaked it and gone, oh, I was an idiot, this is better and that's better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I was happy with it. I had fun playing it, which is the thing. I came 10th overall. Out of... 16 for Nationals. Okay. Um, top 10, top 10. Yeah, this is it. And, uh, yeah, the, the important thing is I think I enjoyed myself much more than I would have playing the control team all day. Yeah, yeah. which... 
is the aim of it all, really. Yeah, yeah. so I, I thought, you know, and also it meant that I didn't qualify for the top four, so I didn't have those extra games to play, so I came and joined you guys and we went and did some other stuff. Yes, so it meant you had time to come do the Starship Simulator. Which was it did, amazing. yeah, which I would have missed out on if not, and I wouldn't have got to shout at Colin for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, cool, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's kind of the big change I made. Um, which, it could have worked out for you, but... The, the way I looked at it... Um, I said, said this to Brian at one point is that I was either going to do really fucking well with this this new build or crap yeah now if I ran the control I think I probably would have come a bit higher but still middle yeah and got the same prime result on the Friday and not really have achieved much more so I took a chance thinking I would either do really well and steal some games I might not have won otherwise or I'll lose. So it's kind of go big, go home scenario. Yeah. And yeah, it didn't. I, I went, I won two rounds, lost two rounds in the finals. Had had fun with it. Play, again, played some great games. And overall, wasn't really the end of the world. Well, there you go. We don't regret it. So it's that's no, always that, a, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. So I think this is a good time for us to put the interview in with Ben, who won. Yes, uh, our national champion. Hey, um, woo, cheer! Yeah. Well done. Yay. Woo. One person. No national pride. Um, yeah, ooh. we're celebrating success, which as British people, we're very bad at doing. Yeah, as we've just oh, proven. Well, done, well, yeah, yeah. Well done. Mm, cough. Yes. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> and so here's the interview. Right then, guys, I'm here for the second interview now with our. National champion Ben, uh, who I did have the pe- pleasure of playing, uh, had quite a close game against on the Friday during the qualifying rounds. Uh, say hello, Ben. Hello. Hello, Ben. Cool. So, um, where should we start? What did you think to the event overall? Um, it was surprisingly friendly, I think. Um, yeah, because I went last year and got like obliterated. I think I lost every game bar one, um, and everyone there seemed, I don't know, a bit, it was a lot more open this time, um, everyone was much more willing to talk, I think that's just because of the development of like the groups on Facebook and stuff as well, as well as um, like other websites, um, so everyone kind of knew each other, or like I certainly knew like you and um, Chris and other people like that. Yeah, me and Chris spoke a lot about how how friendly of an event it was. How many times uh, me and him both forgot to use Constantine, and uh, definitely against you. I remember quite a few times you were going. I assume it's on this. Um, yeah. yeah, that's it. It was it was a lovely event. The people were good. Um, I'm glad that it seems that everyone I'm speaking to's had the same experience as well. No one's kind of gone. Oh no, everyone there was a dick. Yeah, I think even in, like the final, the guy I played in the final, um, called Paul. Um, I kept reminding him, and he kept reminding me to use Constantine. Um, and we, he said to me afterwards, like, it was so weird to him playing in a final where someone was like actually helping, like, yep. advising him what to do. Um, so that was kind of cool. Like, yeah, really friendly. Yeah, it's um, it's hopefully something that will help build the scene up a little bit. Yeah, like, I think that's what I've heard as well from like um, Dice Masters players across the world, actually, like. So the TR the TRP guys always say that about their events. So I'm glad it's kind of carried over here. Yeah, I mean I've I've played in uh, I've said this before in other interviews and stuff, but I've played uh, Hero Clicks at the national level as well. Yeah. 
and found that people were very much no no you forgot this no tough shit you know you're not doing it again um yeah. Yeah, that's it. From like you said, even in the finals, you've you've got the two of you kind of going. Oh, you you forgot this. Oh, you you might have done. You want? Do you want to do this? Although I will say, like the game. So when it was a two-one game, and in the um, the game he won, he only won because I completely forgot the bard stat, and uh, ah, yeah, okay. and I chose not to ping Hulk. I chose to PXG instead. So anyway, well, you still but that won. was prerogative. Like I'm not, I'm not bitter about that because you know. It's one nil already. You gotta, you gotta play the game properly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the team you ran? Um, yes. Uh, any, yeah. Any hard decisions you made on certain characters or anything else? Um, I think the biggest call. So, like me and um, one of the guys I play with regularly have been playing basically the same team for a while. Um, I think I played both of you on Friday. Yeah, Andy. Um, yeah. he played. He basically started that team. And the reason, like he he basically invented that team, and I uh, I spent about two months trying to beat it, and I couldn't beat it, so I was just like, well, I'll just copy it. Uh, <laughs> and then like at an event um, a couple of weeks ago, before the final, like a week before the final, um, I went and played some like guys who weren't very good at dice masters or had just started playing it. Um, they were really into imprisoned, and um. Imprisoned kind of wrecked um, me and another guy who was running Bard. Like, they just wrecked us. Because Imprisoned basically captured half our team. Yep. If not more than that. I think I had Hulk, who had more than a two fielding costs. So, that was a really good... Like, because I included that, it was a... I think that was a big part of why I did so well. Yeah, I know... Um, I mean, uh, both of our teams were fairly similar. And... Yeah. Uh, the game, the game we played, where we were both sort of both had stuff imprisoned, and it was a, yeah, it was a, an interesting surprise. I've always liked the card, but yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's um with with Bard and all these low cost things in the meta, it's actually a, a valid contender for a spot. So, well, what I like about it is it actually helps you if you think about it. So what imprison does is it captures um a bunch of dice, that your opponent has if their fielding cost is um, less than or equal to two added all together um yep. so what that does is it helps you kind of catch up in turns because if they bought three dice um say they bought an elf thief um a dwarf wizard and an oracle you can actually capture all three of those with one dice that you've bought and basically catch up virtually with two turns of theirs so they bought three dice to your one yeah i think i think that's how i managed to almost pull a game back against you yeah. um <laughs> but yeah that this is it so were there any other star players on your team because uh, you had most of the, the control sort of staples in there with Oracle, Constantine, Green Goliath. I think Green Goliath was actually the card I bought the least of, um, apart from Magic Missile, which I was surprised about. I actually didn't need to buy it because of Imprisoned. Um, but apart from that, I think a lot of people were um, running Elf, Thief, and Oracle together, which is just a horrible, horrible combo. Yes. Um, I've, I, now, this is something I did want to ask you. I've um, I've spoken to a few people that are insisting that Jinzo could be is still the better card. Do you agree? No, no way. Um, so Jinzo is really good as kind of like a win condition because it actually makes you like the idea is to get the person from twenty to zero life, right? Yes. So yes. It, it's a race. And Oracle doesn't do that. Oracle doesn't help with that, but. What Oracle does is it says, no, you can't 
do the thing you want to do. Whereas Dinzo says, yeah, you can do the thing you want to do, but it's going to cost you a little bit. So the fact if you time the Oracle with the Elf Thief, you can kind of just basically stop them ramping completely on turn three. Um, whereas Jinzo can't really do that. It, it makes you pay a bunch of life, but then when you're hitting for however much you're doing because of Bard, you don't need the chip damage, I guess, from Jinzo. Yeah, I mean, especially in a control scene, um, this yeah. is what I was finding, that if you're swinging, you're swinging for lethal. Yeah. And, and then some, you know. Uh, so delaying what they're trying to do is much better than going, I'll take a couple of life off. I can see Jinzo having a place in, uh, in like, a maybe in a, a bolt team that's trying to... Like used. a chip damage team, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Any sort of direct damage to try and chip them down, that kind of thing could work really well. But as a control card, in what I personally feel, something I'll ask you in a second, is a, is very much a control meta at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think Oracle's definitely the best option to to prevent globals. Well, that's kind of ridiculous as well because, like, a couple of months ago, before um, D and D, the second one came out, and yep. World's Finest came out. I was going around saying, I hate Jinzo, oh my god, it's so broken, yep. it's so overpowered, and now I'm just like, well, it costs six. By the time you've ramped up to a six-cost card, I've got Oracle and Elf Deep out. And and your day's ruined already. Yeah. Yeah. This this is it. Um, it was it was the go-to card, but I think it's uh, been well and truly dethroned now. So, talking about uh, how well Jinzo's doing, or not so well as the case may be, what are your thoughts on the meta and how it stands at the moment? It's difficult to judge really where where it is because um, that bard is so strong. Like yes. it's, just, it's just stupid, um, and that kind of throws off where everyone is because you can basically build any team and have. So my the team that that bard went in my team for nationals was essentially a control team where the whole point of it was to stop anyone doing anything, right? And I was yep. like, this is really fun, but I have no way of winning. But now, hey, here's Bard. But you can do that with anything, right? You could have an aggro team um, and just, here's Bard. It makes it better. See, this this is something that Chris mentioned. He said how he's been talking to people that have been running the Lantern teams yeah. for a long time and how they've actually found that becomes better with Bard in it. Is, yeah. is there a team that Bard doesn't improve? Uh, uh, no, um, like because <laughs> you just set up your you have a seven you have a team made of seven cards right. Yep. You do whatever you want to do with them, and then when you want to win, you just put Bard in, and then yep. you're gonna help you win. Um, so the only thing that Bard maybe wouldn't affect is in like an all affiliation team, like if you're doing like a Bat Family team or an Avengers team, maybe he doesn't help that much, like. If you're going to do a bunch of patch damage, like double all the Avengers attacks, then maybe, but even then, just from Bard. Yeah, I, I like you, you've said that. Now, I, I was thinking, so I think, well, actually, yeah, in a Bat Family team, it's... No, no, he would still give you bonuses. He would still make yeah. it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. Um, so Dick Grayson would get stupid buffs with uh, Alfred getting knocked out. Yeah. Um, and then... Add bar to that, and then he's got even more attack. So there doesn't seem to be a. Uh... Why go to the bother of doing any kind of um, fun tricks with Alfred 
when you can just bard Dick Grayson up. Yeah, that's it. I mean, well, you can use Alfred to give yourself a bit of a boost, but you don't have to. It doesn't require as much setup, and I think no. that's the problem. It's a, it's yeah. one of these cards that. Well, I think one of the things that I was finding when I was testing the team for nationals was, um, so a lot of what we were seeing online and stuff like that was um, bard rush yes. and get bard as in like. So a lot of people like the people I played. And they were buying bard as like their second or third buy. Um, and I would wait much longer than that. I would wait until like it was my sixth or seventh buy once I've already got a diversity of characters out. And that's where I think he fits better in that kind of... You want him to win, so you buy him when you're about to win. Yeah, you, you buy him as your win condition rather yeah. as a, an early purchase. Once you've established your... The control. And that, that, that comes with the control thing. If you're going to rush him, then you... It's a different setup to what I was yeah. running. Awesome. Okay. Um, so we've discussed the mayor. We've we've jumped in and discussed Bard as well, which is one of those things uh, I was going to bring up because it's a hot topic at the moment. Um, looking back, is there anything that surprised you about the teams we saw at nationals? Um. Yeah, that there wasn't more prismatic spray. That everyone ran pretty much. I think you ran. I think pretty much everyone ran a Professor X with the yep. global. Um, I'm trying to think of a team I played that didn't have PSG. So, because what happened last year, um, I basically didn't take Professor X, hoping that everyone else would, and then no one else did. <laughs> um, and I was kind of like, well, that sucks, because I, I have a seven cost card in my win condition and no way to ramp to it. Um, but yeah, this year everyone took PXG. That was a surprise because in testing, um, Prismatic Spray had been like the one card that had been a real problem for me in terms of like shutting down Oracle and Elf Thief and Dwarf Wizard and Hellblaze. Sorry to interrupt slightly. I mean, that, that's, that's a decision I made for, for the actual Nationals day because I changed my team. Yeah. Um, and I put Prismatic Spray in there, took Professor X out. Well, I switched everything out and went for a full uh, full Lantern team build because I, I genuinely think it's still a, a strong contender in the meta. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of cards that shut it down, but not. I didn't see any of them. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of action dice because you took um, Breaker, didn't you? For your... Yeah, I mean, that's that was kind of like... So once I decided I was going to include Imprisoned, I needed a way to... So in one of the other teams I've been running had been using Imprisoned with the Red Dragon Global, so I could use the Red Dragon to free up um, Imprisoned, so I could capture more people with my second Imprisoned. Okay. Um, so Breaker was going to act kind of like that um, for me. It also helped against like things I was worried about, so like Lantern Ring, um, some of the Magic Helmets, and um, the Lantern Battery and things like that. Um, and delayed bars, fireball, which is a really good card. Yes, uh, yes, it is. And also defends against my own imprison. So, if someone else had bought that off me. Okay, so a very good choice for your team, especially. Um, and to be honest, actually, for a four cost, it's probably a fairly good choice in most control teams. Well, one of the things I really liked about it is its stats. Its stats are really good. Um, like really low fielding costs, pretty beefy, and it's a fist character. One of the cards. One of my friends likes playing quite a lot is um, the Venom that does the minus two minus two. Yep. The non-fist characters, um, which is also another thing we were worried about seeing a lot of um, defending against Bard. 
Um, we didn't see a lot of, which was surprising. But Breaker has the fist, so it doesn't get the minus two, minus two. Cool. So apart from um, Professor X, was there... Because, I mean, personally, I was expecting to see Lantern teams. I was expecting to see Gobby teams. Um, possibly Guy Rush, Bard Blitz. Now, we had a Bard Blitz, and there was, um, at least during the qualifiers, there was a Lantern team. Then no, it was two with me included on the actual Nationals Day. Um, I don't think there was any Bat Family. No, there wasn't. Did uh, you expect that to turn up? It wasn't something that I was particularly worried about, because... It's really good. I think the Dick Grayson, like, especially with Doctor Doom, that can knock out all the Alfreds. Yeah. Um, that's really good, but it's not something you can prepare for, I guess. So I hadn't really thought about it because um, if it happened, it happened. The main thing we were concerned about going into the thing, apart from Bard, were like Lantern Ring um, and Spray. So yeah, none of the affiliations. I guess villains could have been a can be. I think there's something there with villains that I don't think has been developed quite enough. Yeah, this this was something else that um, me and Chris spoke about as the, as the game goes on and more sets are released. Um, we both said we'd both like to see a lot more affiliations being sort of taken advantage of. You've, you've got quite a nice uh, Justice League affiliation yeah. so far. Teen Titans I think is just outside of being really competitive. Well, there's something that's weird about the Justice the DC sets in general, right? They are none of the affiliations. I don't think have been like cross DC sets. Like the same. So with Marvel, you get Avengers in all basically all four of the sets so far. Yeah. No, five of the sets. You've had different Avengers um, and X Men and Guardians repeated. But with DC, they haven't had repeats that much, if at all. Could Would that have? be something you'd hope to see in the future? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like Justice League is on the verge of being really good. Um, Bat Family, I think, is already really good. Um, Superman is a bit... What, what? Super Friends? Is that what they're called? Yeah, I believe so. Um, they're a bit lame. Yes, they um, are. <laughs> like, yeah, more Lanterns would be cool. Because we're doing... So me and my friends are running um, like an all-affiliation um, team day next week. So Awesome. Trying to like, set up things for that. And there weren't that many DC things you could run. You could run like Bat Family... And DC villains, but that's the only thing. So I suppose you could do lanterns, but you couldn't do yeah. a green lantern anymore, a red lantern. Team. No, not really. The only thing we could do was a yellow lantern team, but that's so limiting. Yes, yeah, you're a bit stuck with cards. Yeah. Okay, so um, do you have a favourite card? Not necessarily something you think is the most powerful, but something that you've maybe you wished was or that you've always enjoyed. Um, yeah, so one of my uh, first teams was the Iceman, Mr. Freeze, uh, from the Uncanny okay. set. It does get the plus three attack when you field another character that turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you use it with the Ant-Man Global, it's like a really big bomb. It's been surpassed by like loads of other cards right now. But um, I think it was a seven. If you spun it with the Ant-Man and fielded a character, it'd be seven attack, nine attack, nine attack, I believe. Awesome. Um, and that's a really good card for a night four cost. Um, the Curse of Dragons, in general, are really good. Um, They're the Yu-Gi-Oh ones, aren't they? Yeah, the one where you feel... If you field another dragon this turn, roll the Curse of Dragons from the use file. Yeah. That's really good. Um, I really want dragons to be like more of a thing. 
Yes, I agree. Um, I know Aaron from the the Critics is looking to make a dragon team, and yeah, I showed him that from Yu-Gi-Oh, and kind of went, "Have you? I know you like the D and D sets, but this is really good." So uh, one of the things that actually one of the games I lost, um, not one of the one of the games I lost was um, against one of the Irish guys. There was an Irish contingent who were all really good players, yep. and one of them like basically decided to not buy any of the things he would normally buy, and he rushed to buy a red dragon against me. Okay. Um, the red dragon where you pay two life to use the breath weapon. It's the uncommon, I believe. Uncommon, yeah. He got that one out, and he got a hog out. He basically just went for like. I'm going to get some really big, beefy characters um, before you can get your bard set up. And I'm just going to swing through and win. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah, effectively. And I was like, huh. I did not think about Breath Weapon being like a super good counter to bard. But again, because bard, you are reliant on diversity of characters and really low level characters. Yes. And characters to field. So doing like a board wipe and attacking through is really effective. We're thinking maybe looking back at the. I remember the old um, spray and swarm teams that had uh, like th the level one, level two, and level three breath weapons, some kobolds. Uh, do we think maybe that with with the uh, delay blast fireball, just stuff like that to to really just the, the almost the top end of board clear. Yeah, I that think could make a recurrence. Well, there's a there's some guy in America who runs just dragons, right? Like the Michael Lee, he always plays dragons. Yeah, I've I've um I've heard of him and I've had to look at one of his teams, I think. Yeah, and he does always really well with dragons. So like, they're definitely, I mean, they're definitely like really good, powerful cards. Um, it's just you have to commit to them, and this is a really like there's not a lot of control there. I quite like having some kind of I can control the board state with dragons. You just get them out and then breath weapon it up and then attack through right. so I've got to admit I was, I was feeling like this um, and I do every time I don't play control I feel a little bit I feel vulnerable yeah because you've, you've not got well I, I normally do this this and this to stop them doing things you know so do, do you think then that do you think the control teams um, like the ones you play like I played are the do you think they are the best team at the moment because of Bard yes because you can control you can essentially do what you want to control the board and set up as comfortably as you want to be as comfortable as you can, then just put Bard on the field and swing through. That's why they're so good. I mean, before Bard came out, control teams were really powerful, but you didn't really have a you didn't have anywhere to go, right? Like you, Yeah, you you were trying to build up enough to swing for lethal based on just your dice stats and hulk clearing the board, really, weren't you? Yeah, like you could Build up and build up, and you'd be like, I'm really in a powerful position here. They're not going to do anything against me. But then eventually, you're like, Well, now I need something to win. Like, how do I get that final, like, big swing in? That's why Jinzo, I think, was so big because he was like the one piece that actually did a considerable amount of damage. Yeah, he lowered that, the lethal number you had to hit. And his stats were really good as well. Yes, they were. Well, they are. I suppose they were really good. They are really good. They're I, just uh, like died and gone away. He'll be back, I'm sure. Uh, yes, I think so. Um, okay, so is there anything you'd like to see in the future? I know they're talking about how uh, the Relentless and the uh, Sword Revealing Light is a temporary ban because there are things coming out that will deal with Bard. Um, would you care to make a guess at what they might be? Well, I think the. Um... 
Relentless and Soldier of Reading Light was kind of, they banned kind of their own thing. Uh, there's an issue with it um, being used so early, I think. And the fact they bought out another card that lets you pay one life to cancel the effect, I think that's, I can't remember what that one is. Yes. That's really, I think that's a balanced way of doing it. So there's not an area necessarily a need to bring those cards back. Um, I just think the the main problem is the bot is just unreal. Like, yes, yeah, he, he is a, a, a single-handedly defining the entire meta of the game at the moment. If you can balance him, then I don't think you need to change much about Relentless and sort of reading like, just make them the same as that other global where you can pay your life to cancel them. And there's, they can be brought back in, I think. There's a couple of things I'd like to see done um, as far as Bard goes. Mm-hmm. Either just make him a six cost, you know, that... that I reckon that solves the problem, really. Um, yeah. I quite like the idea of... I think a seven cost probably would be more balanced. Yeah, maybe. I like the idea of tying him in to experience and that mechanic. Um, although I think experience is a is a bad mechanic as it stands. Because I thought that. Because we, I, I think, because um, several people were running the one cost kobolds, right? Yep ones that have to attack when you have an adventurer yes so like i had dwarf wizard out and i'm pretty sure i must have killed like about 20 kobolds <laughs> and i don't think my dwarf wizard ever gained any experience like, oh. just to use it because yeah it's not it's not brilliant is it no I'd, I'd like to see that maybe reworked slightly mm. maybe tying bard into it so either he can only boost up characters with experience simulate that adventuring party kind of yeah. mentality yeah um or maybe have him so he can only boost he can only give a maximum plus equal to the number of experience tokens he has that'd be cool there's, um, lot, there's loads of stuff you can there's loads of things you can do to mitigate bard i think we yeah we that was kind of one of the big talking points of the whole weekend wasn't it it was yeah definitely um what can we do to stop bard and i think one of the interesting things from my point of view was eric lang seemed to be really attuned to the fact that Bard was a problem. So it's obviously something they're aware of. I think it would be um, almost unbelievable if they weren't. Well, I mean, I think the big thing is they can't change anything too drastically before the nationals and US nationals in the worlds. So after that, you're going to see where it lies, I guess. You reckon that's when all the changes will come in? After that, I think, unless something happens at Worlds and US Nationals where someone has some kind of amazing way of stopping Bard. Just just pull this amazing team out that just goes, no, look, you just you just can't do it. Well, I, I like the naysayers on Facebook who are like, oh yeah, Bard's not that much of a problem. I, I must say, I get really frustrated reading those posts. Cause... How much of a problem if you make like half your team about dealing with Bard? Like, yeah, sure, like... I have no win condition, no way of winning, no way of doing anything, except I can stop Bard. Okay, cool. Well, well done. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- this is the thing. I think throughout throughout the sets, there's always been a powerful card on the counter. Yeah. Um, Serena, really good card. Um, but then there's been a couple of versions of Beast that, that were quite, well, in some cases, was just a, a flat hard counter to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have that for Bard yet. No. Yeah, even stuff like Hulk they've worked on. I mean, Hulk and Gobby and stuff like that, they've obviously been like, these cards are really powerful. We need ways of mitigating them. Like, even up to this set, we have the Ronins who stop Hulk. 
pretty much in his tracks. Do you know what I'd like to see? Yeah. No. I would like to see a card mm-hmm. that, and this this would this would be a nice counter bard that completely flipped the pluses. So instead of a plus one plus one, enemy characters get the minus one minus one. That'd be really good. Because it's not that bit. It's not going to change much else. It's like a nice any, way. To... Any um, any bonuses given this turn are reversed or something? Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's an action card, a basic action, or otherwise, it would have been a nice one for Kryptonite to play in, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think something like that could be a a really cool way of going. Hang on, look, it, it's almost just a here's here's a quick easy fix. Like well, yeah, when your when your opponent attacks, all um, attacking bonuses are, or when this dice blocks, all attacking bonuses are reversed. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really good. Um, it'd be interesting because it would slightly shift the dynamic for sidekick teams too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, something like that could be could be awesome to see on the horizon. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I like that idea. That's really good. Cool. Well, you heard it here first, guys. This is. I, know, uh, right? I came up with it two minutes ago. It's a good idea. To like um, call Eric or like he's on Twitter, right? Twitter him. Do you know what? I might I might just do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Right. Okay. So, is there anything else you'd like to say about the weekend? Any uh, highlights for yourself or anything else? Um, UK Games Expo was really good in general, and I'm really glad. I think it's really important during the tournament to not. I don't know. I I don't know how anyone did the Friday and the Saturday and then the Sunday. Like that would be mental. Yes, because I mean, me and you both went wandering off for the Saturday, didn't we? Yeah, on the Saturday we went to the dark room. Um, yes. Have you checked out our podcast of that yet? I'm like halfway through it. It's really, oh. he's really funny. I went on the last year as well, and he was really good. Um, John Robertson, his name is right. Yes. Yeah. Very, very funny man. Um, this is it. I completely agree with you. I mean, I was so glad I qualified on the Friday because it meant I got to go and explore on the Saturday, and and it was stunning. It was busy. Yeah. Um, but it was it was such a good day, and there's so much so much stuff on offer. Everyone was really positive. Um, yeah, I'm a massive fan of board games in general, not just so to see like the Dice Tower guys. I had like a quick conversation with um, Sam Healy, which is really cool. Went to see one of their live shows, played a bunch of demos of um, some UK like designers. So the Grubbling Games guys. Oh right, I don't know if that's one we we encountered actually. Um, they they did Waggle Dance um, and Cornish Smuggler, both of their games that are really good. Cool. And then they're coming up with a new Kickstarter called Perfect Crime, um, which was pretty cool. Awesome. Did you manage to check out Lantern? No. Oh, you missed oh. out. It's amazing. What was that? Um, Lantern uh, Lost in the Dark, I think it's called. Um, it was game ba- built in a game jam. Okay. So, no, like a 48-hour thing. Yeah, yeah. They've expanded on since then. The prize they got for winning that game jam was to come to the expo and show it off. Oh, cool. And honestly, it out of everything I played there, whether it's really? something that was made in two days or something that people have spent years on, it's, it was my game of the show. It was mm-hmm. so good. I think my game of the show for apps, like just ridiculousness was that stupid ice cool game. Oh, we, we've bought that and we'll be doing a podcast on it soon. It's so fun. I think I saw you guys playing that on the Friday and I was like, what is that? <laughs> I went and demoed that. That was ridiculous. Oh, it's it's brilliant. I'm cool. Tempted, yeah, but yeah. Okay, so yeah, unless there's anything else you'd like to add, mate, I think we're done. Cool. No, thank you very much for having me. 
not a problem. Thank you for uh, thank you for giving us your insight into Dice Masters at the moment. I'm sure as uh, as time goes on, maybe if new as new sets come out, we might do a couple more podcasts on things. So I might invite you back to have a have a chat again. Awesome, it's a really good game. Right, thank you very much. There seems to be a lot of dislike for the Bard Blitz. Was it a Bard that. Blitz that won? Was no. there a lot of? Is it? Is it one of those really divisive things? People are either really for it and they have it, or everybody else goes. Ah. No, um, say, saying Bard Blitz isn't quite correct. Um, Bard Blitz is a aggro-style team revolving around Bard yeah. uh, that was nicknamed Bard Blitz. The problem with it wasn't the fact it's an aggro team; it's mm. just the one card. Yeah, because you've got the guy team that does a similar-ish thing. Yep, um, without Bard in it. Yeah. The, the problem we have at the moment is Bard allows any team to be better. Yeah. So it can go into anything. Yeah, as, as me and Ben just said, there's very, very, very few teams... That can that, find a space for it. Yeah. Because in a control team, it gives you a slight aggro edge if you need it. It allows you to speed your game up, which is... Amazing as a control team. Yeah. One card gives you a win condition. Mm. Um, one card speeds up your win condition if you're playing aggro. One card gives you a stronger push if you're playing a sort of a more mid rangey type team. And it, it's just ridiculous in its current form. Something probably should be, but might not be done with it. Yeah. So. Well, the ability to stack multiples, so you go from the plus three yeah. to the plus six, putting that on. Really, I mean, you can take a kobold and put that on, and that's horrifying. As we talked about in our Rocky meat punching episode, the the Dice Masters trade. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely smashed me just in one turn. Yeah, I got you to minus 62 points of damage or something ridiculous. There there, there was no response to that. Yeah, yeah, the the team had been built around it by someone else, but I'm very new to Dice Masters. I'm enjoying playing it, but I'm very new, and I was able to get that out you know not just I punched you so hard that you know your grandchildren winced they did yeah. they did but it, I, it felt like one of those teams didn't really have to think about that much I was like oh I'm just going to do this and then whatever well, happens that, that's everything. the thing as I recall you didn't realise that they stacked no you no. got two out it was only when Joe pointed out that those two <laughs> stacked that you suddenly went oh good god so it wasn't even like you planned to get the two out to yeah. smash me it just happened yeah. organically yeah I got two because I wanted more chance of drawing them and I wanted more chance I, if you knocked one out I've still got a backup that's yeah. what I wanted yeah. um, which was extremely painful for me now something yeah. that was mentioned while yes. we were there it, which is I hadn't considered from the way I was reading the text on the card. Okay. And they went, oh, just for clarification, we're ruling it works this way. Yeah. Which had me get told off because I was going, what the fuck? Um, at someone else. So the, the card says, when half-elf bard attacks, each attacking character di- each attacking character die gets plus one attack and plus one defence for each of your other different character die dice. It doesn't say each of your other attacking character dice. So if Bard attacks and all your sidekicks attack and you have a bunch of different characters that are playing the control game sat back in your field, they are other different character dice. Yeah. They don't need to attack. You can attack with this big wave of horrible things and keep all your control pieces back. Yeah, that's hideously broken. Yeah. And it stacks and it only costs four and it's a massive dick. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's what it sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. They said at the beginning, this is how we're ruling it, and from the card text, I see no reason they're wrong. No, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, straight away, it was just like, fucking hell, I assumed it was other attacking dice, but no. Yeah. It is just so good on so many levels. So if you are playing Dice Masters, you're getting into it, and you're trying to figure out a way of making your team better, put Bard in, because that's actually a valid thing to say yeah. to every single team, which, which is sad. Which flavour Bard is it, and where is it available? Um, it is the Half-Elf Bard Master Lords Alliance, which is available, and only available, in the Battle for Faerun starter set which I have so yes. it's not even a rare card no. or something that comes up in and boosters that, that is potentially the only balancing factor with it that everyone can have everyone it. can have if it was a super rare yeah breaks the game I think yeah. it's bad yeah. though you're looking at having what is it eight cards eight cards out of how many in total roughly um over a thousand now yes and then there's this one card that everyone takes. It's like, yep. well, what are the other 999 cards doing? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very odd. If every yeah. team has that card, um, You have to pay £17 for it in a big pack. What I I've... don't know if it's a money-making thing. Am I being cynical? Well, yeah, um, that's that's the thing. Has it been designed? No, I don't think so. Is it is Or is it more of an oversight? They don't realise how powerful it is, which, They've let's face it, happens in every game. That you've I think it's played. an oversight. Um, from what it always felt like in Heroclix... They would mm. play test within the set, yeah. yeah, and then go okay, they're fine, and then release, mm. yeah. and then go oh shit, all these things interact really well with other stuff. We didn't think about that, yeah. And I don't know mm. if they're doing the same thing with Dice Masters. Now, one of the things we said with uh, I said with Ben um, and other people have said it's take away the defense boost because you can actually kill the characters that are attacking quite easily. Then seems fair. Yes, you're. Plus seven kobolds for attacking. It might it might have really eight hard. attack, but it's got one hit. It's point got still. one hit point. Yeah, <clears throat> gives you the opportunity to kill them. Um, yeah. I think they've missed a massively um, a good point there. So there's something I am repeating myself, but uh, Brian, you'll enjoy it. Is I think they should have tied half elf bards bonuses in with that it only boosts things with the experience mechanic, so it's helping out his adventuring party. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Or it bases it off the experience mechanic, so... For everything that has it, you get the well, bonus. Uh, no, I, I think you can either say it only applies to things that get the bo- that, that have experience, experience yeah. or you base it on the amount of experience Bard has. Okay. So it can have plus one, plus one. If it has an experience token on, it can be plus two, plus two. If it has two experience, it could be plus three, plus three. Yeah. It's a way of limiting it. Yeah. Tying it in nicely with the bard levelling up and his ability getting better. Yes. And learning new songs. Exactly. I, I just think it's very at the moment it's you talk about certain things being meta defi- meta shaping, meta defining, things that change the the way everyone has to approach the yeah. game. Yeah. Now yeah. Professor X did this. Yeah, that's another one that you see <clears throat> a lot of. But I don't mind that because it's something that if you bring it, both players get it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it's a global. It's very, very much changes the way the game plays, but in a balanced way. Bard doesn't offer you that. Yeah, yeah, you need to be prepared for it. Yes, but if you can use it as well, then that's... But, yeah. yeah. So if yeah. you take it, you know your opponent gets the bonus. Oh, look how nasty a... this is! But they can do exactly the same yeah. thing. Yeah. That's yeah. why fine. they quick, thinking quickly enough on the feet to adapt to that. Which then becomes an actual yeah. intelligent competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, this is it, and, and because it's open, you know it's there. You know it's not going to surprise you. Yeah. Again, it works quite nicely. Cool. So, um, what prizes did you get, Joe? Anything um, shiny? Well, for no, because Wiz Kids won't let the um, UK players have the foils. Ah, I know. We 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 got a so again something Chris mentioned that it's 
we've got a very kind of bland price support pack. Yeah. Which is the standard shit they've been giving out in America for a, a while. Oh. All of the shiny new things, no. Oh. Yeah, it's a oh. bit of a shame. I mean, we all, for, for example, anyone that played on Friday got a dice map. Yeah. Oh, so nice, yeah, they they were. Um, so my six pounds for playing got me a dice map. It got me the Melinda May promo card. With it, you get a normal version and a blank art version, so you can colour your own in if you want to. Is there um, a Melinda May not as well? I don't believe so. Not yet. <laughs> um, then you also got Terry McGuinness, which is a Batman one with Terry McGuinness. Yeah, he yeah. sounds like a darts player. <laughs> maybe, maybe he is. It's a, it's a thing. That's right. That... Bullseye sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's brilliant. The, the podcast time. will have to wait while I prove this thing exists. Uh, I, I know the name Terry McGinnis. I can't remember if it was the uh, replacement Batman with yeah, Bat- was a... broken. Oh no, he's the Batman Beyond, yeah, that's why. Terry McGuinness, Batman Beyond. Yeah, yeah, and he's you, really pointy. You also yeah, get a. Uh, oh, it doesn't show you that. It's full of electronics, too. Really? Yeah. He's a cyborg? Well, his suit is pretty much a cyborg. Exoskeleton, yeah. And I also got a Squirrel Girl, which I was all excited about. Yeah. Because I hate the character. From a comic standpoint, okay. Because I didn't even know there was such a thing as a squirrel girl. <laughs> well, there's uh, been everything else, so it doesn't um, surprise me. She's one of these people that has off off pain, so it'll, there's a fight, and then you see afterwards her going, "Yeah, I won." She's beaten like Thanos and Doctor Doom. And she sounds hard. Apoc- yes, yeah, bullshit. Um, <laughs> hey, what is her ability? Um, not in the in in, in the comic. How does she beat Thanos? I don't Game of Conquers? She summons squirrels. Yeah, that's pretty much what she does. She she she's got she can kind of glide a little bit because she's got like fine squirrelly flaps. And <laughs> hang flaps. on, can we stop talking about a girl's flaps? On the podcast, <laughs> hang please? on. So she's got the flying squirrel kind of the wings, wings, yeah. which aren't even squirrels. They're a type of weasel. Yeah. Excellent. That's good to know. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they're, they're, they're in no relation to the squirrel family at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, fuck you, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, the card and its ability are really cool. So I was quite happy to pick one of those up. Sorry, Squirrel Girl seems like a really weird command you type into a text adventure. <laughs> Check inventory. One girl. Uh, John Robinson, if you, are girl listen, if you are listening, <laughs> Squirrel Girl needs to make it into the dark room. Um, <laughs> But and then for coming seventh, I also got a full art Guy Gardner, the Ooh. the one that's valid, and a full art Loki. Where he's a lady. Ooh. Lady Loki. Lady Loki. Does that happen often? Uh, yeah, recently, actually. Yeah, the whole Asgard he, universe is kind of gender. Oh, is this where they? Well, yeah, cause uh, to be fair, I think Loki's just a bit. Um, well, yeah, he's gender fluid. Yeah, in the way he, he was in mythology as well. Yes, hasn't four shapeshifter. Yeah, yeah. Four yeah. switched round as well now in the Thor has so now, but it's no longer it's it's now not Thor. Thor, it's just somebody Thor. Somebody's worthy to pick the hammer up. So it gets the title off Thor. Gets the which he, I actually quite like. He also had the name Thor, and it was weird. Yeah, trying to make a defrosting so he, joke, but couldn't think of it. So he was he was four four, while everybody else is just four. Yeah. 
He was Thor the Thor, and now Thor you've got the like, Thor. What? and now you've got something the Thor. Barry McGuinness the Thor. <laughs> Barry McGuinness the. Th- now that's something we need to see. Desmond yes. O'Flaherty. Yeah, Barry McGuinness uh, stepped up to the plate. Well, there is Smash. there are there is um, alternate world things Greek. where Natalia Romanoff is Thor, so Black Widow. Black Widow is four. Yeah, Black Widow four. <laughs> Black Widow four. Don't make that Marvel. Black Widow ever met Spider Man? That would be amazing. Because they could have sex and she could eat him. <laughs> <laughs> you should fucking draw that as well. Black Widow. Yeah, that's, that's a weird. Oh. See, it exists. Natalia Romanov. Black Widow and Fort of Earth two three two two three. Yes. When there were alternate dimensions, yeah. there were... And you lot criticised yeah. Doctor Who. Because <laughs> it's shit. At least it, they block off their alternate universes. <laughs> I, I can quite happily say that I think that comic storylines are bobbins as are Doctor Who storylines. I like Doctor Who storylines. There's yeah. nothing quite as exciting as checking the BBC Football Gossip website to see where Theo Walcott might be playing his football next year. Um, so yeah, they were the prizes we got for the Friday. Um there were more prizes the higher up you came, and the same prizes were available on the Saturday as well. So some people got two mats. Um, they would have also got two Squirrel Girls, two Melinda Mays, two yeah. Terry McGuinnesses, um, which I believe led Brian to acquire his own Squirrel Girl. Yes, I bought a Squirrel Girl. Oh. Um, and I have placed it in my desk next to my other cards. Not with the other cards next, <laughs> next to. It yeah. is, no, it is. It's, it's adjacent to, but not... Yeah, Saturday's prizes were the same. They were. Were, were Sunday's prizes full of woe? I don't. Uh, no, Sunday. Obviously, we didn't get Wednesday's child, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was born on a Wednesday. Hmm. Just to let you know. Uh, Sunday, we didn't get a free mat. No. Well, everyone had, had already... already got a mat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although some people didn't well, bring well, mats. If the if the guy who won yeah hadn't played on Friday as well. Would he have got a mat on the Sunday for just for turning? No, no, no. Ah, well. Oh, well, typical you... England hindering the success. Um, nationals <laughs> wasn't a event you pay to get into. Oh, okay, you so automatic. If you won, if you came high enough on the other two, you got in for free to events that you had paid to enter. So I'm oh, guessing okay. that's part of it. Cool. Um, and on Sunday, the top eight got prizes. Cool. Um, so again, I missed out slightly, but it would have been the same prizes they were on the other days. Yeah. So, okay. Again, that. this is the thing. It, to be fair, always kids though. Yeah, but things are getting better. Yeah. Now, this is obviously the second year that Dice Masters has existed. Which yeah, okay, there might be a yeah. reason why um, it's like that. It's fair. We enough. are actually going to be having regionals this year. Oh. So you can qualify by for nationals by winning your regional event. Um. In the same kind of way that Heroclix does. Now I'm quite excited for that. Yeah. Um, so that should hopefully come with a bunch of prizes as well, with any luck. Always so good. that would be quite nice. Um, and means that you can guarantee your place in nationals if you're that good. Yeah. yeah. Rather than turning up, having a bad day, and going, oh, I didn't get to play. Yeah. yeah. I rolled badly and yeah. I've lost now. Yeah. Sorry, Jason. Um, yeah, well, so you do kind of feel bad for. Just a bad luck day. Yeah. It, it doesn't give them a chance to actually show their skill at the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I experienced it as well um, when I was playing Ben, actually. I had uh, one game that was really close and backwards and forwards, mm. and then the other game I just kind of went, nah, nothing's going to happen. Oh, if I get these two characters, I can hold off your attack and potentially, oh, it's all energy again. Yeah, cool. Uh, you win. <laughs> yeah. It, it happens. It, happens. it yeah. does. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's with the all gamers and, you know, of, yeah. of chance and luck. And bizarrely, in a community where everyone's being really, really nice about everything, yeah. I didn't feel like I was going, oh, I've just lost to that prick. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a kind of, oh, no, fair Which, enough, you, you won, well done, good yeah. game. Which does wind you up in games of chance when you lose to a complete yeah, I fucking hate losing to Colin. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Um, this so, is the thing I had with gaming, is that the more the other person tried to break or bend the rules, the more I'd want to beat them, not not because I wanted to... Yeah, okay. Because I wanted to prove I was able to beat them without cheating, yeah. and therefore yeah. they should stop being a dick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like a superhero of competitive gaming, obviously. <laughs> Which what you say? Um, I'd like to be the punisher of competitive <laughs> gaming. I think you could be, Brian. I think we could start a training camp now, and by nationals next year, have you in a position where you could go along and. Have we got a uh, lot of steps for me to run up and down? You live and... on the second floor. Yeah. Okay. And can we get some meat for me to punch? Because well, genuinely, well, that looks I'll, really I'll hang fun. Some, I'll hang some steaks on the wall. And you... Well, we've already got a recording. <laughs> shadow, shadow boxing with some burgers on strings. <laughs> and we got the recording of I the Tiger, so it'll be fine. Actually, yeah, yeah, just not play. a burger, because as it's a minced meat, no, it no, will no, come that, apart with that's each That's why I said steaks. Yeah, no, yeah. yours was better. <coughs> yeah. um, Obviously. Frozen burgers? You could probably get a keep good. Don't go for it. No, the steaks you get in break. cartoons with like the little bone circle bit. Ribeyes. Yeah, but you generally when you get a ribeye now, they don't have that bit in. They don't and have if the you bone get a shit ribeye, yeah, yeah. yeah. You so you get some get shit ribeye. Push the bones out, and we can dangle the string through that. Oh. Uh, I suppose just to round us off, um, what do you get out of going to a tournament that you couldn't get elsewhere? Because as as I've said, I'm not a tournament gamer. I, I shy away from that. Let's do something I enjoy competitively. Um. Temptation to make a joke. Um, <laughs> so you, you meet meeting new people. As, to be fair, was probably one of the biggest things for nationals. There are a bunch of people that I've occasionally bounced ideas off online, or spoken to, or have commented on my things that I've now actually met. Mm. Um, you get to see what everyone else in the country thinks is good. Yeah, a local scene and a, and a countrywide scene can be very different. Uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, if in the local scene there's this one card that everyone's using, and then you think actually, oh, actually, no one else is using this anywhere else, mm. is that because this is something we found in Heroclix? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we were running in Peterborough was very different to what everyone else was using. Um, so that was quite an interesting sort of thing. Yeah, not so much in Dice Masters, I think, because it's early and there's lots of stuff online for it now. Everyone's aware of what's going on. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Meeting new people, having a bit more of a spectacle to it. I guess you're in a big place. It's yeah. there's loads of stuff going mm. on. It's a different experience. The atmosphere, I guess. Really, it's yeah. it's yeah, yeah. Not we should get what? completely unrelated. Atmosphere. There's atmosphere, the games. Oh yeah, the, the, actually the, the VHS tape or whatever. The yeah, yeah. They did oh, some DVD God. ones. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Cool. That would make a good podcast. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd, I'd say that the, the thing you get out of it is is the atmosphere. It's the 
meeting new people that enjoy the same thing you do as much yeah. as you do, really. Normally, um, I'd say that sounds disgusting. As you said, everybody at the convention was lovely, so yeah. That's yeah, good. Uh, I, I do always have that bit of worry. Um, what kind of sh- weird shit are you into that the idea of beating people are into the same thing? I like shitting on dead people. He's met thought, people like that. Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, I'm just, he's, he's met us. Yeah. Um, you yeah. look into the same thing. Just and 20, I hate you. Just a room with twenty Aaron's all tied up in sex hammocks. God, that sounds like the perfect John place to be. Strings his <laughs> underwear in the corner. Laughing, laughing to himself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it sounds sounds uh, good. It's not what I would do for the weekend, but um, I could be tempted if it was like a one day thing. One day yeah. out of three. Actually, sounds quite. I would write. Like, I'd say come, like play the play the Saturday for the six pounds. Bring a team. Yeah, it's the big day. You get to play against those different people. Win some stuff. If you do well enough to qualify, you then have the choice of going. Nah, I really enjoyed that. Actually, yeah, I might play Sunday. I did quite well. And I've seen everything on Friday. Yeah, or you yeah. might get go. And, but even if you did qualify, you could go. Give my spot to the next person in line because I'm not going to play. Hmm. Um, and Chris said he's like well if I qualify I have to have a really uh, difficult conversation with the missus because we're going on holiday tomorrow <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like yes you take the children I'll be there on Monday um, so yeah that's it There's, it, it's not for everyone but I don't think it's something that people should necessarily avoid mm. especially with Dice Masters because the online communities and obviously in, in person especially over here seem to be very very good yeah yeah. Well, excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, Joe. No yeah. problem. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Dice Masters sort of changes and develops because they're pushing lots of different things out. Yes, they are. Yes, um, see if anybody actually runs the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles team. No. <laughs> yeah. No? No. Has that been decided that they're poo? By me, yes. Okay. Which Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles? Are we talking All of them. Bay or... All of them. Uh, no, no, just kind of more... Generic. It's sounds rubbish. Yeah, I'd like to see like a reboot where they're all really obese because they eat too much pizza. <laughs> uh, turtles have great metabolism. Do they really? Yeah, that's why they eat loads of stuff and don't pop out of their shells. But they're tortoises. Turtles, different things. They're not actually turtles. <laughs> no, it's it's the old style. Oh, okay. So we're going back to the the nineteen nineties cartoons. Is it nineteen nineties? Yeah, with the backgrounds. Early nineties. Yeah. 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 Which, oh, that, that's the 90s. The latest yeah. stuff from the comic in there, yeah. actually. It was quite cool. Yeah, yeah they, they've avoided the atrocities that are the latest Michael films. Bay. Yeah. Just, just Michael Bay. He didn't even direct it, and he directed yeah. it. Um, <laughs> so what I think we might do is, when that ends our kind of focus on Dice Masters, yeah. but mm. we will check back in with Dice Masters uh, from time to time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so if you have uh, enjoyed what we do, uh, and you'd like to see what we've got coming up, uh, then you can uh, subscribe. You can click the subscribe button. It's the button that says subscribe on it. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Fancy. <laughs> it is. It's a very fancy button. Um, and every time you click subscribe, um, a Colin gets his wings. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, no, nobody wants that above them. No. Colin like gets some idea. wind. <laughs> so that's also retaliates by throwing a stone back at Colin. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you you like what we do, you can subscribe. Uh, you can click like, which magically makes us better on the internet. 
Yes. Um, if you don't like we do, uh, you can click the unlike, the, the sad thumbs down button, but tell us why. Otherwise we just... Because then we can make ourselves much more better, all right? For the internet. For the internet. That sounds like work. No. <laughs> work is hard. <laughs> yes. That's the only gamefully employed person around the table. <laughs> 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 um, and you can also click share, because um, who doesn't like... Um, 70s and 80s soft rock songstresses <laughs> too much <laughs> Joe doesn't know what I'm talking about because it was before 2000 no, it's got big hair yeah it's got big hair and did a song about being cold Dude. Frozen For my I just, just know her for straddling straddling navy vehicles Yes, 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 ships. That's the one. That that was on an episode oh, of Simpsons or something. That's a, again, on, my knowledge of that. <laughs> there's a Mickey taking Family Guy. Share, I know one. what you're talking about now. <laughs> I've caught up. Well done. Um, yes. Um, so thank you very much, Joe, uh, for coming Pleasure and uh, guesting on the podcast and spending two days of your life having fun so that we'd have some content. Yay. Yeah. Please tune in next time for another one of our artisanal, homemade, handmade podcasts. No. <laughs> Every time I talk, Aaron looks upset. Um, until next time, I've been Brian Ennis. I've been Aaron Vinsky. I've been Colin Howard. And he's been very, very quiet. Have I? Yeah, he hasn't oh. really said anything. It's only because we edited him out. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, taking all the filth out. We have been the, the Critical Twits. Uh, until next time... Bye. Bye. Bye.